This is The Structuring Podcast. Good day and welcome back. This is episode 69 of The Structuring Podcast. Terry W. here and today's topic is the AMP Master Limit Facility. But please note, this is not an endorsement or a advertisement for AMP. I'm just telling you about this because it is a, a very good product for debt recycling. Actually, the facility isn't actually a product. It's it's more of a uh, arrangement which sits over the top of the products. So you would start off with a, um, a line of credit, which is compulsory under the facility. However, AMP have a very high interest rate on their lines of credit. So what we usually do is make the line of credit just $10,000, which is the minimum loan split. So just assume there's a $10,000 split set aside. You can use it or you can just keep it there for an emergency. So what the master limit facility will then do is allow you to have up to nine other splits. And the splits can be changed or joined together. Loans can be split into separate portions as long as you're under the 10 split limit and those splits can be joined together again. You can also go from interest only to principal and interest or principal and interest to interest only. By having the master limit facility, it allows you to do this without needing to reapply for the loan or to re-qualify for servicing. However, AMP do require or they do ask for evidence of pay slips sometimes. So they want to see the borrower is still employed. So how it works is you, let's say you're starting off with a big loan of say 500000 and it's all non-deductible debt. What you would do is you would have 10000 as a line of credit. So then you've got one big loan of 490 That might be principal and interest. And let's assume this loan relates to non-deductible debt, which was used to purchase the main residence. After a while, the borrower might decide they're going to invest in something. So what they would then do is split the 490 into two separate loan accounts. So let's say they're going to invest $90,000. Instead of using cash, they would split the $490,000 loan into two splits, one being 400, the other being 90,000. They would take their cash, pay down the $90,000 loan to $1 and then redraw and invest that. If the investment is expected to produce income, the interest on that loan should be deductible. And the basis for that is Section 8-1 of the Income Tax Assessment Act 1997. So now they can claim the interest on that $90,000 split against the income that's generated from the investment. They would still have a offset account attached to the $400,000 split. So all their income, their savings, their buffer money, that would all stay in the offset account. Let's say six months later, they've saved up another $50,000. They would then split the $400,000 split into two loans, one being three fifty dollars and the other being fifty. They would do the same thing. They would pay the $50,000 loan down to $1, redraw, and then use that to invest. They would then be able to claim the interest on that $50,000. And they just keep repeating that until the whole of the $500,000 loan is now deductible. After a while, they will run out of loan splits because you only get nine plus the line of credit. So what will happen then is they might have to join a few splits together, which they can do under the master limit facility. 
When investing it, they could also consider converting the loan to interest only. All the loans might start off as principal and interest, but when investing, they may want to convert that to interest only. And that will reduce the cash flow used for investing and free up extra cash for which to save in the offset account against the non-deductible debt. So that allows for the building up of the money for the next investment quicker. It also maximizes the tax deductions because you're not reducing the balance on a deductible loan. So as you invest, you keep converting the investment portions to interest only, and the non-deductible portion can remain principal and interest. If you haven't debt recycled the whole loan amount, the full 500000 in this example, by the time the interest only period finishes, the interest only splits will revert to principal and interest. However, if you have selected the 10-year master limit facility, you could then roll over the interest-only period for another five years. So the maximum interest-only period is five years, but that could be extended another five years under the master limit facility if you had applied for a 10-year facility at the beginning. Another good thing about the facility is with a, a principal and interest loan, it will slowly start to reduce over time. Even if you're paying minimum repayments, it will reduce because the loan is amortizing. But with the facility, you can always redraw up to the limit. And if you start on 500000 that will remain your limit until the uh, five or the 10 years is up. And then it will revert to principal and interest. With that, if you do go for a 10-year master limit facility, the loan repayments at the 10-year mark will be quite high because it will revert to a 20-year P&I loan. So you might want to try and refinance back to 30 years at that point, but that will depend on the circumstances at the time. So keep that in mind because it can be a bit dangerous if you cannot refinance. Anyway, that's just a very brief overview of the master limit debt facility. See your mortgage broker about the facility, but make sure you see your tax advisor about the tax aspects. And just a reminder, I do run a company called Loan Structuring Pty Limited. So if you do need credit advice, our mortgage brokers can assist you. And as a solicitor, I can give you tax advice as well. So until next time, bye for now. You've been listening to The Structuring Podcast. Check out the show notes for today's episode at www.structuring.com.au forward slash podcast.